road leads? Then hear this, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both high and low, rich and poor together. Do you indeed speak righteousness? Do you judge uprightly, all ye sons and daughters of men? And do you judge as others judge? For as you judge, you shall be judged. And if you condemn, you are condemned. Pass on. But there is no return. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. Before we get to this week's episode, we just want to beg you one more time to please rate and subscribe to our show on whatever platform you listen to us on, iTunes, Google Play, whatever it is, it pretty much means everything to us and we really, really appreciate it. So thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, this is Gabe Noah for the Minnesota Center of Mental Health and 15 million Americans are clinically depressed this year and it affects everyone that we know, certainly affects people I know. Are you feeling worthless? Are you feeling hopeless about your future? Are you sleeping too much? Are you sleeping too little? Depression affects all of us and you need to get help today. Um, The Minnesota Department of Mental Health has set up a phone number for you to call and get the help that you need. Please give us a call or if anyone you know needs help, please have them give a call. You help. Anything you can do, just call us 1-800-WAH-WAH-CRY-BABY-HELP-ME. That's 1-800-WAH-WAH-CRY-BABY-HELP-ME. The last four letters don't even count. It's just wanted to be memorable. 1-800-WAH-WAH-CRY-BABY-HELP-ME, a big baby, and call us up and get the help that uh, you need because you can't wipe your own nose, you little fucking baby. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Profession Confession Sniper Part 2. Um, this is easily one of my favorite episodes we've done in a long time. And uh, no offense to the other episodes, but just this one is like um, just a lot of story behind it. We uh, We met Sam and... Kind of talked a long time and set it up. We did the first podcast, um, part one. We essentially did a week before part two. And just part one, there was a, you know, kind of a strange feeling in the air. It's, it's, it's a really awkward thing to do. And it was just, it was kind of a surprise because I, uh, I really like Sam and we had a really good vibe. And sometimes you get in front of the mics and it's just weird. And uh, it definitely... Uh, definitely was that night. I blame Chris Maddock, who was not there for part two. And uh, that's not true. Chris Maddock's very funny. Um, but we just came back, just the two of us and Tevin. And uh, we got into it, and it was way different. I, I think I, you know, I had better questions as well. And this one is just bananas. And why I say it, you know, I think it's like a top five type podcast. Um, but he gets... In this one, he gets exploded, shot, stabbed, molested, a lot of pink mist, death, and uh, and just a, a super heavy ending, and great stories all around. And I mean, you know, good stuff, bad stuff. Uh, it's a, just a great story. It's amazing that he really lived this life, and we appreciate him coming on our show to talk about it. Um, and uh, let's see, enjoy the show. Keep sharing and rating on iTunes. Thank you very much. 
I did shoot a Hodge touching a little boy once. Hmm. Really? Yeah. We were watching him build our new uh, new tactical center. We hire local nationals and shit. And there was this little boy. Hold on, hold on. Sorry. You were watching them build a new tactical center. Yeah. So it was locals. Locals building it. For the U.S. military? Yep. Okay. Because that was to help rebuild Iraq. So we put money in the economy by hiring local contractors gotcha. and such. And then you were watching them. Yep. With, from your scope? From your uh, sniper? No, no, group? no. I was in a Humvee turret. Okay. And there was this little boy sitting on the ladder, probably six to eight. And this grown-ass man, mid-30s, was climbing up the ladder and started fondling him. So I shot him in the arm. Holy shit. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I was say. What? And, but, so, ugh, I hate to even ask this. So gross, but what do you mean by fondling? Like, how overt could it be that you would do that just on... Uh, in, in public? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the saying over there? Men and boys are for fun. Women are for procreation. Right. And you saw that, and so I mean, d- did you get in trouble for that? Is that a huge? I got a really big ass chewing, but I didn't yeah. actually get in real trouble for it. Really? And so you shot him in the arm with a uh, M4. Was it M4. the arm that was fondling the boy? Or was it the other arm? The other arm. Oh, okay. I didn't want to miss and hit the boy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so he was grabbing the kid's crotch. Yeah. Or whatever. Oh my fucking god! In public? In public, like nonchalant, like. Would you say that's how, so did you, th- did you think it was leading to, like, did you think he was about to grab the kid and drag him somewhere, kind of, or are you just doing it because, like, of your... That's fucked up. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, oh, my God. This is, wow. So that was a story that you held from last time, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Jesus Christ, I wasn't even hoping to get something like that out of it. What did he do when you shot him? Like, do you, do you walk over the there and do some Clint Eastwood shit? Like, step on the wound no, or whatever? No, he <laughs> fell off the ladder. Uh, I called in. They sent a medic out. They bandaged him up and sent him off. Did you try to lie at first and go like, you know, nope. he had a gun? Nope. No. What the fuck were you doing? You was touching that little boy. Come on, you can't be shooting fucking locals. Fuck right? him. Yeah. Huh. Is that that? So how high up on the ladder were they? Was this like a big granger like, ladder? Like, like no, this shit was like made out of wood and twine. <laughs> was the kid trying to get away? Like was no, just no, he like, was just chilling. Some like it's whatever, super uh, whatever motivated pervert. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but nah, it was probably a ten foot roof, and the ladder was leaning against it. So the kid was probably about eight feet up. Dude was about six feet up. And how common is it there? Like, I mean. Of course, everyone's heard of that and stuff like that. When you're there and you're on the ground, are you sort of aware of that kind of shit going on all the time, would you say? Uh, you're aware of it, but you don't see it that often. Okay. Um, there was an incident where an Iraqi colonel, like an Iraqi uh, army colonel, shot and killed his nephew because he walked in on him fucking his uh, 10-year-old niece. Jeez. Yeah. And then you guys knew about it. Oh, yeah. But essentially no one can do anything. No one did anything. No one did anything. No one cared. He shot and killed the guy for a reason, you know? Jesus. And so, and it, it's hard. So I, I was certainly not meaning to segue into your abuse, you know, from that. But is that, holy shit. I mean, was that in a way revenge for you? Is that something that you are on edge about um, given your history? 
Um, Would you say? I mean, I, I don't know how you could be. Not okay. necessarily. I just knew, like, that shit wasn't right. Yeah. I mean, it, was it something when you're there? <laughs> I guess, you know, I've never been. Um, luckily, I never was abused in my past. And um, I don't think, I, whatever, I could ever understand how much you walk around with it. In fact, one of the things I was going to ask you is when we talked last time, a lot of the things were, were so shocking to me, but what was almost most shocking is your indifference to it and your just general, like, you know, you're just able to move on and move through life that way, I guess. And I'm a, a diaper pee-pee boy who uh, <laughs> sits and thinks and agonizes over every single thing. So do you think, um, and, and, and I guess we, we'll just say for the listeners that you were abused as a young boy, Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, sir. And yeah. <laughs> please don't call me sir in that situation <laughs> that you've made me flash back to something I wasn't a part of. Um, what, were, fuck, what was I saying with that? Oh, okay. So what I was wondering, essentially, and I was doing a little research on PTSD stuff and all that today. And is part of, you know, I know a part of PTSD is being numb to things or is not having emotional reactions to certain things. Do you think that you had PTSD going into the military? Very likely. Yeah. Very likely. Uh, when I got diagnosed with PTSD from the army, my shrink was like, I don't know if it was caused from your childhood and I don't know if it was caused by the military, but more than likely it's both of them. But you definitely have it and you have a double dose. Yeah. Were you, I mean, is, is it something that you were aware of? Like, did you feel emotionally detached as a, you know, going into the military and stuff? Or is it something that you've noticed? It's so hard to differentiate between, do you, with age, you just know yourself better. Yeah. So you understand things. Whereas when you're 22, you don't think about them. Well, when I was, yeah, 18, 20, whatever, when I was in the military, I was detached. I didn't have friends. I didn't go out. Kind of a little hermit in my room playing Xbox and stuff. Okay. Um, didn't pursue a relationship, didn't pursue sex. Did you know that you were gay? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I okay, that sounds so stupid when you ask <laughs> it that way. I have a real knack for asking idiotic fucking questions like that. But I guess, I don't know. You know, some people maybe don't let themselves believe it if it's something you were repressed with. I don't know. Uh, uh, well, I grew up in the South. Mm-hmm. Crazy, Great crazy <laughs> fucking right-wing family. Mm-hmm. Like, my dad was a Klansman, dude. What? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like, how, like, are we talking like, hey, like, he'd leave the house, like, with his robe and go, uh, go into a meeting, or? This was before I was born. Oh, okay. But, like, he used to be, like, white power Klansman guy. Jesus. Which is really fucking hilarious, because my mom's side of the family, my granddad died in Vietnam, and then in, like, 1970, my grandma remarried a black guy. <laughs> who I knew as grandpa. Yeah. So besides my mother and one uncle, everybody else in my family's mixed. Like I am literally the only white person in my generation. So you um, you you are the apple. I probably have as many eye. black people in my family as you. <laughs> first, of all, first of all, there's a long list of black people in my family. <laughs> On one side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. through the brand That's, family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um wh- Okay, so so yeah, so you grew up in a very accepting uh, environment. Yeah. yeah, mom's side was okay. Grandparents are great. 
And it wasn't your father who abused you, right? No, it was Ste- my stepdad. Okay. And you that was early on? Uh, like early teens. Okay. Preteen, uh, early teens. Um, when you, uh, when we talked about uh, just the one that jumps to mind, but I, I think I asked you about your first, your first kill. <laughs> Sounds weird to say that, but uh, your first kill, and which I can't even remember what it was. I think it was in a skirmish, and you shot something into a. Yeah, I shot the house up. Okay, yeah, that's right. Shot the house up. Ah, the one where you surprised a dude and he did the really gay, <laughs> the really uh, the... gay like backstep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. surprised me and scared the <laughs> shit out of me at the same time. I've told that story twice since then. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, so uh, yeah, he did a little kind of whatever. It's the exactly half limp wrist point. It's exactly how you would. It's how somebody said, "Hey, react. picture a gay guy shooting somebody with a handgun," and that's how I would picture. Picture it. a '90s gay stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> like a stereotype. That's really, yeah, yeah, yeah right. exactly. Like you just pick up the stereotype. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I think. Yo, I was 18 and he scared the shit out of me. For sure, I, it, it's not just a gay thing. I most, I think most 18 year olds would jump back. Probably, and yeah, just probably pop there a bunch of. No question. It's just fortunate that you're gay, so right? That you so can it, make these jokes, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what? And and I asked you how that felt like. Because was that your first one, like, kind of hand-to-hand, like, where you saw the eyes of the man that you killed? Yeah, that was the one in the house I didn't know about until, like, two hours later when they right. went to search the house. Right, and I can see that hitting you, but whatever. But seeing, you got to understand for listeners, to imagine shooting someone who you saw their eyes open and you shot him in the f- face. <laughs> well, like, I mean, did that initially just, are, are you psyched? I was a Does little, it, I was a little bit excited about it actually yeah 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 well i think it's the adrenaline of not getting not having not being been killed. shot right yeah right i'm alive in, in it's truly almost the most human event you can have where it's just like coming up against another one one of us is dying and you won oh, yeah. yeah i mean that's well, wasn't me yay fuck i've i've I'm still waiting for a situation where I gotta fuck my way out of it. <laughs> I keep like hoping that's gonna happen. But what's that South Park? I will fuck them all to death. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about doing that all the time. Right. So then, with the up close <laughs> kill, what's the emotional difference between looking somebody down the scope of a sniper and slowly pulling the trigger? It's methodical. You know you're going to do it. You know, whereas the one in the house that scared the shit out of me yeah was not expecting it at all yeah did he make a noise yeah. whimper a whimper was he like was it shoot him in the head and he's just dead and drops or did you like there was like six rounds i fired and right it did, took a minute there did, was definitely a death whimper there was huh did you go home that night like do you lay in bed and does it just fucking hit you like a hammer at some point or i don't think i slept that night honestly really because, I mean, what just a mix of everything, excitement, yeah. Yeah, it was disgust. Just, to, it was an intense day. Yeah, the most intense day. I mean, really. I, watching childbirth, like, fucked me up for the rest of my life. <laughs> for real. Watch something come out of your wife's fucking pussy hole like that big. It's just, you know, unlike some, whatever. Um, what, let's see. So then your first sniper kill... Doing that, so okay, you talked about pink mist. Yeah. That's a funny term, I grant you. It is a super like... It's fucking great. It really is. And especially because I feel like I can see it. But um, 
How how long does it take you when you're, you're in the, the situations you're in where there's just really butchery going on around you um, to get desensitized to it, do you feel like? Probably halfway what? through my first tour. Okay. Was there a point? You know, was there something you walk by where you notice like, oh, it doesn't bother me that I see that head open or something like that? I think it was when the dump truck tried to attack us and we attack our compound and we just completely annihilated them and everything because because it gets to a point where you're like fuck you people trying to kill me like fuck it like i, I don't know where you're yeah like, just yeah it's like myself. fuck this like yeah. i'm you know we're not here on the offensive we're sitting here eating breakfast and you're trying to run, run a dump truck through our perimeter with like 10 tons of explosives like fuck you people right what is there was there and does your anger ever how many people get angry at our government or like, you know, while it's going on to where you're just like, what in the fuck am I here for? What is this going oh, on? Like, and you were, you oh just... yeah. I, all the time. Like, yeah. Constant bitching. Like Afghanistan, different story. We, we kind of should have been there. Okay. Or maybe the first four years, not fuck what 15 at this point. Did you feel like you were helping in Afghanistan? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. But then again, that's a culture that's never been a centralized government, never, you know, and we're trying right. to bring democracy to people that don't frankly want it. Right. Yeah. Did, did you, um, what are the things that you saw visually, that, like the carnage that sticks in your head that people don't understand about war? Like, I mean, what, how brutal of things do you see besides obviously killing someone hand to hand? I mean, are there things that stick out to you? None, not really. Nothing no. that's sick. Just no. all general. Um, Watching buddies get hurt. Oh, that, that, that's the fucking worst. Yeah. My first tour, we lost 22 guys. Wow. Hey, did out you of, have the moments? That, out of how many in your... That's a battalion, so that's battalion? about 1,000. Oh, okay. But still, 22 well, yeah, guys. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a lot of... Yeah, that's a lot, a lot of buddies, people. you know? Yeah. Um, Got to feel better that you're a hermit. <laughs> he didn't have a lot of friends. So yeah. oh. <laughs> I was trying to, trying to. But make still, light these are guys it. you know, and you go oh, to the mass hall with. You, you know, it, it sucks. It's horrible. That's it, why I was making a joke when, about it. And when some, and when somebody dies in the battalion, is there, like, how do you find out if you weren't? Is it like something that just slowly trickles, or do you just show up and you just realize that somebody's not there? There's, or is there like? A, oh, it's um, they do what they call ramp ceremonies. Where you load their body up onto a helicopter and they fly out. Most of the battalions typically there for that. What is Who's that? Who's not on patrol? What does that do? To, you know, how do you fucking God? Like, how do you go to work the next day? How do you? You know, is it all just a shutting it out thing, or mostly, does it make you more it's butcher? Mostly, it's okay. mostly a shutting it out thing. Yeah. Because if you didn't shut it out, you'd go batshit crazy. Absolutely. And what do you do as far? So, was moving. To be a sniper, was that almost better to detach and get away? Like, I know it's way scarier, way higher stakes and all that stuff, but to not be in these, you know, there's something about the, at least the military I've seen through uh, documentaries like Restrepo or, or movies like Three Kings, things like that. <laughs> um, the battles over there seemed every bit as random as Vietnam. Oh, yeah. You know, where yeah. it's just people popping up and shooting where you go like, 
you're not even rewarded for being good at this or bad. It's truly a random. It's a random thing. Uh, right. Shit, we'd, we would go convoy to, to current, uh, to Fob Warrior. It's like the Disneyland of Fobs. Okay. Fob is a forward What's, operating base. Okay. It's like the Disney World of Fobs. They had all the fast food places. They had all, like, yeah. Yes, all, all I've the, heard of all, that. In the green zone. Yeah, uh, no. Oh, it's not no, like that. Okay. That's not Baghdad, but, like, no booze. The green zone okay. had booze. We didn't have booze. But, like, I love Mountain Dew. You could get American Mountain Dew there instead of, like, Kuwaiti Mountain Dew. Totally right. different. Weird taste and shit. But, like, American PX, American cigarettes, you know. Okay. Like, it was like the Disney World of Fobs. Did you ever... Uh... But we oh, would drive, we would go there, you know, from our fob to that, like an hour and a half convoy, and like just randomly get shot driving through a city. Right. Then it's like, fuck, now we have to have this firefight and have to deal with this. And How hard... So, how long did it take you when you're there for that to sort of... I mean, do you know instantly the random nature of it, or do you think when you get there that you can control your own destiny, like... I'm going to be fucking extra careful and I'm going to be just by the book and, you know, I'll make it out of this. Uh, well, you have, you know, I was a young 18 year old on my first deployment and I, you know, my NCOs and leadership was on their second or third tour by the time I had my first one. Yeah. So you hear stories like that. Oh, okay. They talk about the crazy randomness. So you're, you don't know what to expect or when to expect it. So if you, um, you know, what are your views on war now? Like, I mean, do we... I think war should be justified. Like Iraq. Iraq was bullshit. Yeah. Straight bullshit. There was no reason for that because look at what we did. Afghanistan in the beginning going after the Taliban and Al-Qaeda, totally acceptable. Come on, they brought down, you know, two towers and crashed that plane. Yeah. Did you get, um, did you feel like you got genuine thanks from the people there? Like, I mean, did they no. really? No. So, so when you say justified, it was justified on behalf of our country. It's on not like you felt country. like we were. Yeah. Okay. What, um, the only people that I truly felt thanks for on either front were the Kurdish. Okay. Why is that? Uh, Saddam was a prick to him. Yeah. Like he used prick. to, <laughs> that might be the nicest thing ever. Yeah. Said yeah. About Saddam Hussein. This guy's a real jerk. <laughs> well, he like yeah. mu- would well, mustard yeah. gassed him like. For fun. Like, right. I'm going to mustard gas these people because they don't agree with me. And I'm going to kill all their women and children and shit. Like Uday and Kuse, they were batshit. Oh, they too. were the worst. I used to enjoy reading about them because they're maybe the most evil motherfuckers you've ever heard. Or Ku- yeah. Uday was worse, Uday. right? Yeah. yeah Did Uday he kill like the entire Olympic soccer team because they lost? Yeah. yeah. Tortured, tortured them. Tortured and killed them. Grabbed brides from their bridal parties to rape. I mean, yeah, that he- dude was truly destined to be cut in half yeah like he deserved he, every death or every whatever hmm. he's one of those that you should amputate a limited time pack it full of rock salt wait for it to heal and re-amputate i've never thought of that before that's beautiful <laughs> that's <very> what, <laughs> what? Well, not to piss you off yeah really um uh, it must have been hard for you as a sniper to have to kill people <laughs> from so far away you had to make it so fast um I don't think I ever had to kill anybody as truly evil as Uday or who, you know. So I was going to ask you that. Did you ever kill someone who you feel like, wow, I did a major service to the world taking that dude out? Not really. Not really? No. Not did even it? the face card jack guy? Nope. That, no. Was, None of them. 
Was there anyone, did you ever have to do a mission that you didn't feel great about? Where you go like, huh? he's selling cars. <laughs> <laughs> I got to sell the, the okay. leading seller of Fords in Baghdad. Right. Um, no, no, not really. I mean, I understand why they were doing what they were doing. Yeah. I would have, I'd probably be a dirty hodge too if it was me. Of course. What's the hardest part about being a sniper? The waiting. Yeah. I would think that that discipline why like this is what I've learned about me in my life. I have zero discipline. <laughs> absolutely, absolute zero fucking I cannot I I found the pleasure button on my body. And then I just spent the rest of the day just touching every, just beep, beep, beep. And then they say, you burnt out your pleasure button. You can't, you have to go home now. And I kept hitting it for another hour. It's until my parents came and got me and I got, had to move into their basement. Yeah. Anyway, it's, uh, yeah. So how do you find that within yourself? How do you, when's the, what, what is the most tested you were on a, um, on a mission? Uh, we had an S curve about a mile, maybe two miles from our fob. An S curve is a curvy part of the road. An S curve in yeah. a road. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. And they like to plan IEDs in that area because, you know, you don't have deadline sight. Vehicles are turning. Humpies, yeah. nothing but blind spots. Nothing but blind spots. Um. So they like to plant IEDs in that area and would blow up random convoys as they drove past or blow up random civilians because why not? Yeah. Uh, I was out there probably three days at a time for probably a month trying to catch these bastards. Three days at a time. So three days on, three days off. Do you... Like, do you sleep in shifts with your spotter? Yeah. Okay. And it's very light sleep. Like, it's your helmet leaning up against your rifle. Right. And when you say in position like that, I mean, is it is it like the movies where you are laid down in the prone shooting position? Yes. And you're, it is? It is. I thought I was exaggerating. Really? Yeah. And, and what kind of cover would you have? Like, I mean, would this be the whole whatever? It wouldn't be a full this? ghillie suit. Okay. It would just be desert camo. Really? So just desert, and then how far away would you be set up? High ground, behind I, some rocks? Yeah, about a thousand meters. Okay. Were you, um, Nothing too insane, but far enough away where they wouldn't readily spot you. Right. Huh. Did you have to worry about like, oh, if I'm a loud snore, they're going <laughs> to fucking have me walking by and hear me? No, probably no. Because like, my spotter would start to snore and you just elbow the shit out of them. Yeah. <laughs> Were you... Do you pick your spotter? Because you, no, you spend really. a lot of time with him. No? No. Do you ever get paired with a spotter? You're like, I hate this fucking guy. No, actually not. Because you're there. You have common interest. You're... That's weird because you're a kind of, of a curmudgeon guy, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like me. So, yeah. yeah. People but, people like me, and I don't get it. Like, I don't get it either. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. As you uh, became desensitized to obviously all the nastiness you saw over there did at any point did it ever become almost like a game taking these guys out from distance like did you enjoy it enjoy is a strong word 
But did you get a very sick black humor about I it? I did. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Enjoy is a little much. Yeah, because it's not real enjoyment. It's no, more like no. reacting to your situation, probably. You what, know, what's it's a deprived this? situation in the middle of the desert. You know, like just layers of sweat. Like just, I have sweated places you didn't think you'd be able to sweat from. Yeah. And it's just miserable place. So, you know, being able to take someone out lessens that misery a little bit. Did you, what sort of, so like, what are the, what are the behind the curtain, like super sick comments or games that you guys would play or like other things that where you look back? Cause I've, I mean, as, as a stand up comic, the jokes we say to other, you know, comics are obviously reprehensible. I call Tevin the N-word all the time. <laughs> but so what like are there things that you look back and go like Jesus Christ, like we were whatever. Not really. You do it and you don't really talk about it. Okay, really? Yeah. Now you do talk about the dude that was planning an IED and blew his fucking nuts off. Did you That's blow a, someone's nuts off? No, no, no. The okay. dude planning the roadside bomb was all like, you know, squatted down, planning yeah. roadside bomb, and it went off and blew his nuts off. That shit you talk about, because that's hilarious. Right. Just his nuts, like he didn't die? No. Like, caught shrapnel in his leg, blew his fucking balls off. And was this a, a Haji dude? Yeah, okay. yeah. This was an Iraqi dude. Yeah, wow. blew his fucking, blew his junk off. This makes your dick look bigger. <laughs> wow. He blew half that fucker off, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Which half? So, you know, so it's part of <laughs> bottom half. I like it. It was just the bottom half, yeah. But to lose the tip would be horrible. <laughs> What, um, what is, uh, God, I'm just trying to think of all the things I would think doing this, like watching someone through a scope to me would be such a, like, I'm a voyeur. I love that shit. So just, it would almost be hard for me to, to shoot the guy. Cause I'd be like, I just want to watch him a little bit longer, <laughs> like just to see what he's doing or to, I don't know. All right. Like pick the exact funniest moment where you can like this is gonna be the last oh. thing that he does before he dies yes like, the, pepsi the pepsi shot. that was i mean that was a brilliant comedic moment for you <laughs> <laughs> so to think like it and, and even how about just picking when to shoot i mean is it always is the sniper way like the first best available shot or do you kind of go? i want to get the cleanest shot okay are there so it is and us as humans we're not always on the move. There's going to be a moment that you're going to stop and you're going to, you know, pull out a pack of cigarettes and light a cigarette. That's my opportune time. Yeah. If a guy's standing sideways to you, well, here, here, let me ask this question first. Let's say I piss off a sniper or whatever. I punch him in the face. I kiss his girlfriend and I start running away. If I run in an S pattern, like a crazy pattern, you can't shoot me, right? Oh, I can still get you. It's like an alligator. Oh, that's alligators? Right, alligators, you're running the S yeah, pattern. Yeah. yeah, Okay. It's semi-automatic. I'm going to blast off a couple shots, and I'm probably going to hit you. Nah, but you'll miss a couple times, won't you? But I'm, it doesn't matter the couple yeah. times that I miss. It's the time that I hit you Those that are counts. the times I win. <laughs> <laughs> Until you lose. Right. Yeah, but I got a couple. Have, um, have, uh, is there such a thing as killing two people with one bullet? I have never witnessed it, nor have done it. But I can be done. Is there like a you get this pussy out of the studio right. and find <laughs> someone who's a real shooter? <laughs> yeah, is there is there a uh, is there like a legend around the around the army that's like, yeah, this one guy took out 
there was a guy that had a medium range rifle, which is a 7.62 modified uh, M14, the old school style, modified for uh, medium range shots. And he capped a dude at like 1,200 yards. And like the max effective range is like 800 yards on this thing. What is the most you've ever uh, put your sights off of something? So, you know, it'd be like leading a, like a, a wide Kentucky receiver windage. in it. Yeah, yeah. They call it Kentucky windage. Yeah. Okay. What's that? What, what's like, like, have you ever had to aim where you're like 10 feet to the up not, and right not, of the guy? Not, not with my 50, but I have with an M4. Really? It, yeah. And with, well, I guess with the sniper, aren't there like the dials? So instead of aiming at nothing, yeah, you, yeah, you, like you dial, dial it in. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Right. But like the M4, like, and not in real life, but well, obviously, uh, target range. Like I've hit an 800 meter target with an M4. Okay. But you're aiming about a foot above the target for that bullet drop to take effect. Yeah. Right. What it, um, did you ever wound a target who got away? Or even just, you know, you don't know Wounded, what happened? Wounded, but not got away. Okay. Was it a purposely, I'm going to wound this guy? No, you okay. don't purposely wound anyone. Really? Yeah. You're that. I, I mean, well, the, I would assume that. I, if I just, I'm shooting you, I want you dead. Yeah. You don't shoot people for fun. Right, just to send a message like, now go back to your nope. base right. and tell them I let you live. <laughs> oh, remember I thought um, I had a nickname for you. It was somewhat uh, like the fairy of death or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like a gay sniper. Because there's angel of death. You're right. a gay guy, the so fairy the fairy of, of death. death. He writes, puts like a little butterfly stamp on all his bullets. <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah, I'm into that. Um, you know what my nickname was in high school hmm. and junior high even the teachers called me this the ultimate gamesman no one called me that I just I try to get that thing going um, how's that worked out for you no one's no one's taken me up on it but uh, some people call me gamesman or uh, the ultimate but um, are you bored or is there something uh, I'm sorry <laughs> playing with his phone no we we can we can wrap up i don't, I don't want to uh keep here this is, you gave me exactly what i wanted you wanted the feels thank you yep. yes and, and what was the first day back home like after being deployed like do you come back to this i've got forty thousand dollars in my bank account and i'm on a three-day pass i'm getting fucked up but like no, it's like like your last like when you know you're not going back. Is it hard to come back and adjust to? Oh, it took life? a while. It did. Yeah. Like when I'm, you're at the mall, do you look at like places to shoot? No. No. Or okay, you don't think like God, someone could be. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I have not been shot at, stabbed, blown up since I've been out of the military. So it's, were you stabbed in the in the military? I did get stabbed. Yes. How'd you get stabbed? Fellow soldier. Fucked you in the ass. Oh, <laughs> no. Well, no, what it really? We got into a fist fight and he pulled a knife and stabbed me. What? Yeah. Where? Where'd he stab you? In the gut. That's the worst place to be stabbed, <laughs> I would think. Oh, my God. I mean, besides face. but Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm too pretty for that. Yes, you are. <laughs> and that's horrible. What were you guys stomach. arguing about? I honestly don't remember. Did you try to fuck him in the ass? No, no, no. no. <laughs> put, his, put his hand on his thigh. And, yeah, I was like, How no. long was the blade? Like a little three-incher. That's horrible. Did you cry? I would have cried. Did you scream like crazy? I beat his ass. Bullshit. 
hand to God. Wow. And you mean after you healed? No, no, no. I beat his ass after he stabbed me because I went into Hulk mode. Oh, so yeah, the adrenaline rush. Oh yeah, I was just got I, like I was fine with fighting, but like he stabbed me and super pissed me off. So like the the closest you were to death in the military was was pretty much uh, your fellow no. soldier. No, no, no. I got blown up in a Humvee. Uh, we lost one guy. Another guy lost his leg, and I was knocked out. How were you blown up in the Humvee? IED. IED? Roadside bomb. I don't think you told us this. Sorry. No, no. Yeah. And, and when, you, when you were knocked out, was it like... From the concussion of the right, bomb. Like, okay, so it wasn't like in movies you'll hear, they'll have like the ringing of the ears sound and you're like looking around. Yeah, that's when you wake up, right? Yeah, that's when you wake, wake up. up. Okay. It does do that, would yeah. you say? And then is it silent for a while and the guy's like pointing at you like, go, go, in like slow motion with his lips. Like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. No, no, it was Doc pulling me out of the truck. So Doc? Or medic. Oh, I thought it was a guy's nickname. It's my <laughs> no, son's name. Well, is Doc. All, all medics are Docs. Yeah. So. Okay. What? What? Um, did you see it go off? No. Really? Yeah. So, so it's truly your. So, if you would have died, you would have been as far as your experience goes. Last thing driving? I remember before the bomb went, or you know, before I came to, I was playing on my Zoom trying to get music hooked up to the headsets. <laughs> Yeah, I just date, a, I like, just dated myself. <laughs> fucking Zoom. Zoom. I don't even know what a Zoom is. It's like Microsoft. Yeah, they tried to compete with iPad yeah. or iPod. Uh, yeah. And okay. It failed. I fucking yeah. loved it though. Way better. Way ahead of its time versus iPod. Yeah. Like Maybe. iPod Touch nowadays can't even compete with the fucking Zoom. I don't know about that. Yo. Did <laughs> you still have a Zoom? I still have a Zoom. Is it That's fair to say that that Zoom saved your life? That maybe you were bent down looking and then... I did very let's well. Let's say it. Yeah. Let's do- Thanks, Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll send you a computer. <laughs> right? Thanks, Bill Gates. Yeah, absolutely. What... Uh, so, did you hear it? Probably not, no. right? Nope. Do you, remember, heard, do you I, remember what song was playing in the Zoom? Um, No. That'd be a cool story. It would be what do you remember? Like, like I mean, it was like Billy Joel, and I, then just blunt darkness, right? Or uh, you couldn't pick a better reference than that. I don't know. That was literally the first band. Or so you got to think of some like Tom uh, Tom Petty's uh, "I Won't Back Down." Yeah, hit me yeah. with your best shot. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fucking good. <laughs> Absolutely. Go. Um, what? So, what was your first experience waking up from it? Like, I mean, you like, did you wake up to a medic? I woke up body? to someone dragging me. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I laid there. I threw up. I got up. You threw up? Yeah. Uh, why do you think? Concussion. Just concussion. Okay. Threw up. Went to the aid station. They checked me out. And I was back on patrol the next day. They don't put you in concussion protocol? Or no. Protocol. <laughs> this was before that. Huh. And what? I mean, and you lost someone you knew. Yeah. How close was he to you at the time of the explosion? Um... Just think of like a sedan for a moment, right? Okay. Like a car. He was the driver, and I was on the passenger side in the back seat. Okay. Hmm. And, and when did they tell you? How do you find it? Like, you know, were you aware of it on the on the battlefield? We all you? went to the aid station at the same time. Okay. And he lo- he died on the way to the aid station. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's awful. Okay. Uh, what? And you have a the big ones for him tattoo to commemorate it. That's really nice. Have you ever had a fentanyl lollipop? I have not. I brought one here for you today. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Lucky Hell I just yeah. keep a little supply of them just for things like I have a lot of deep psychological pain. So. <laughs> um, 
Let's see. what. Uh, so actually, another thing I was going to ask about it, because, you know, we talked a little bit about guys that you had sex with, which it still sort of blows me away. Another story I told in the interim was about you fucking Navy SEALs. <laughs> like, I just think of <laughs> just the one. risk. Just one. I know. I still just think of the risk of looking at a Navy SEAL and going like, you know, do you raw dog? <laughs> right. Or whatever. However right, especially because like the army is so stereotypically macho. Yeah. Where it's like, if I'm wrong about my intuition... We're going to fight and probably going to win. Yeah. So, in a way, though, macho, there's no gayer word than that. That That's true. Like, in fact, you just say to guys, like, hey, you're pretty macho. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's pretty gay. That would almost be the best way to signal. What? I just thought you were macho. (laughs) Take your dick out in helicopter. That's a pretty good way, too. That'll do it. (laughs) What? So, you were in the military under, under Don't Ask, Don't Tell? Yeah. And... Did that affect you at all? Like, I mean, did you, did you think ask? of that as a policy? No, I never asked. <laughs> never and I never ask. told. Don't tell. No, um, it was mostly like hookups, like offline or online. Online, you mean like actually on the internet? No, 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 no. Like hookup from like Craigslist. This was like before Grindr app, was, apps and okay. shit. Okay. And like strictly anonymous, not on base. Hold on. You're oh. saying you'd go on Craigslist Baghdad or whatever. No, no, no. We're talking stateside. <laughs> okay. I was like, we're talking, no, no, no. We're talking about? stateside. I said, Craigslist. don't ask, don't tell in the military. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. That. No, we're okay. talking stateside. Like, uh, I, I was active duty army. Like, I wasn't one of these weekend warriors where I right. only go to overseas. Right. I was active duty. Like, I was stationed in Hawaii. Like, right. I'm not going to hook up on base. Right. Although I did hook up you on did. base once. Yeah, you told right. us. In the guard tower. The guard tower. That, that was in Iraq. Okay. Yeah. I don't know the difference. That's amazing. Is that yeah. on base? Yeah. Is that not on base? Like, or is that Fort Snelling's a base. Oh, okay. You fucked at Fort Snelling. No, no. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just fucking saying Fort Snelling's a base. Oh, right. And so then over there, it's like, wasn't still FOB, the Latin B stands for base? Yeah. We don't know the difference between so, why so, it's a big deal right, to I'm fuck there or in Baghdad. Just to me, fucking another guy in the military in that era is mm-hmm. risky. Very risky. What would have happened? Uh... Less than honorable discharge, no benefits. Um, it probably would have been really hard to get a job. Okay. And if was it the same way for like a straight dude if he was caught having sex with a female officer? Not really. Um, you're not supposed to fraternize, which means you know, right? Any right. up or down or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing across ranks. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're E1 through E4, which is like private through specialist or corporal you can fuck each other like e5 e6 you're good with fucking each other but like you can't be like an e5 fucking a full bird colonel you know yeah what um did that ever you know i don't want to sound like i'm trolling but did that ever affect you like you're doing these missions you know you're out for three days going like i mean did it ever bother you at all going i do this shit but i can't yeah it it did fuck me it did bother you um I came out to my dad last year. What? Yeah. But you're such, but you're such a fag. I am so fucking gay. But I'm butch enough. You should see. I went to a bar with him, to a gay bar with him. He's like the fucking mayor of the place. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he really is. He's a fucking, you can tell he does well in his community. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. And then they all thought I was his, uh, his new side piece, which sort of made me feel good. <laughs> ah. But no, I, I actually, so my dad, like, 
Oh, the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, yeah, yeah the okay. Klansman. I kind of forgot for a moment there. Yeah, I came out last year to him. If that doesn't take balls, I don't know what does. Yeah. I was such a pussy about it, I did it in a letter. Mm, you did it. But yeah, that's, yeah. I'll say you fucking thing, did it. The only thing more terrifying would have been if you were like, and I'm actually like a quarter black. Yeah. And I well, fuck black guys, which. Yeah, that, uh, that too. Uh, do, do we want to say that publicly? No. Yeah. But that's no, I came out crime. to my dad last year, and I had talked to my sisters about it who are significantly younger than I am. Okay. Like I've got my youngest sister just turned 19. And they are generally liberal te- or whatever. Were they okay with it or not? They were really? cool with it. Kay. Like, send me pictures. Let me see what your dude looks like. Oh, you guys look happy, you know? Did they? Were they like, oh, we kind of had an idea that you were? Oh, my or? sisters were totally like, yeah, oh. and yeah. what? But I think it's that younger generation where, you yeah. know, I don't know if they really knew or not, but they don't care. There is a huge difference to me. I've had arguments with young comics about this. Someone said what I thought was one of the dumbest things in the world, which is it's so much harder to be bullied now than it was back in the day because now with the internet and like all this stuff, and I go, Turn the internet tell, that to, tell that to a gay guy in 1978 or, what, or wherever, yeah. or in the fucking late 80s or whatever. Where it's Dude, just like, I got, so I lived in West St. Paul for a little while, and... Before I moved into the house, we had roommate interviews, you know, Mm -hmm. because the dude owned the house and he was looking for gay roommates and stuff. And we had like a hot tub party because we had a fucking hot tub. It was great. And I had this dude like mid 40s trying to tell me how much harder it was for him to be gay in Minneapolis in 2003 than it was for me to be gay in the military or the South. Huh? Yeah. Well, I don't even get the logic there, but because different time, you know, you know, fifteen years ago, whatever. For like the same reason in, yeah. in his mind. Yeah. yeah but he's it's a like fucking idiot. Dude, that just doesn't make you, sense. You live in liberal Minneapolis. Yeah. Which is like top five gay cities in this right. country. I say we're number one, but yeah, go ahead. We're pretty fucking gay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I say to you downstairs, every bar is a gay bar. Eventually, every bar, yeah. Yeah. Uh but no, like he and I got into this argument about like I understand that you had a struggle, but because just because this is like 2015, 2016, don't like I've struggled too. Like I was mm-hmm. in the army before. Don't ask, don't tell. I'm from the south. Like being gay there is way worse than being gay in Minneapolis in the last 20 years. Absolutely. Did you ever? I mean, it's it's shitty doing comedy there. Let alone being a gay guy. <laughs> what? What? I mean, for real. Like they're fucking close. My. I mean. I was joking, but they, they are like, it's different. There, there's a closed mindedness that is prevalent. And it's like, if you step outside it or challenge us, we're not, we're not into that. Yeah. So like, I came out to my dad in this letter and like, I was trying to communicate, like, just because I like guys doesn't mean I'm any less of a person or anything that you've known of me. Right, I'm you still, have to lay it out. That I'm way. still that dude at 19 who walked in and hand like walked in on mid tour leave, handed you a purple heart and a bronze star medal with valor, and told you to put them in the closet like it was no big deal. Yeah, and like I talked to my minister and he, I, it's taken me a lot of time to figure this out, and I don't agree with your choice. Like, Dad, I was married to a model. Yeah, like do you think if it really was a choice? Wouldn't it be tapping like a 10? Yeah. Yeah. Did you, what was your relationship with him like uh, before that? Like, I mean, were you guys fairly close coming up? So I was raised by my dad. Uh huh. 
my birth mother abandoned me when I was one. She ran off with a long haul truck driver. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a deadbeat mom. You hear these stories about deadbeat dads. She was definitely a deadbeat mom. Um, didn't encounter her again until I was 11. And this was after my stepmom uh, had wandering hands, as I like to call it. Um, that happened for a couple of years. I got sent to live with her and her husband. Hold on. I'm sorry, because I might have messed this up. So your stepmom is who molested you? Initially. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so, I got sent... Like, my stepmom molested me from the ages of about 9 to 11. Um, she would give me baths because I was such a dirty boy. Really? Yeah. That is like a horrible fucking movie. Like, it, it really is. It's like a... Oh, my God. And you're just confused as fuck when it's going on. Oh, yeah. Dude. Like, what, what is this? I'm still fucked up over it. Of course. Um, And then I finally, like got to a breaking point because like she kept trying to discipline me even though she was doing this shit like she was oh right so you knew it was wrong at a certain point yeah or you know it right away or at a certain point at a certain point and then she tried to discipline you for your room's dirty yeah and you're going what the you know yeah yeah and i finally said something and instead of my dad believing me or whatever i got sent to live with my mother who was a drug addict and they, her and her husband, like, were big meth heads and stuff. In West Virginia. I got sent right. to fucking West Virginia. Gross. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Gross. Oh, so. We, that's, like, our least listened to state, right. too. What does that tell you? Right? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're all a bunch There's of dumb, shit. toothless rednecks. Sounds What's up, internet. West Virginia? Mm-hmm. Um, so, from the ages of 11 to 15, I lived with my mother and her husband. My mother was mentally and physically abusive. I got my arm broke by her for not putting a trash bag in the trash can. Even though we were dirt fucking poor and didn't have any goddamn trash bags to put in the trash bag, mm-hmm. she still beat my ass enough to break my arm when I was like 13. Um, her husband, when she was away, which was all the time because she was out doing whatever mm-hmm. drugged out bitches do, uh, would come into my room and force himself on me. At what age? 13? Uh, 11, 12, 13. Oh, my God. Um, we fi- I finally told a school, ad- school faculty member, not a teacher, because, you know. And I had a really fucked up school life, too. I would imagine that nothing was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. Like, how I was one of those kids that didn't really do well. Like, I had the potential. I, you know. You're a smart guy. I've, I've talked to you about it. You're, you're clearly a smart guy. I don't think there's any. But it was just I couldn't focus on anything. You know, we were dirt poor. Like, I got cut off from school lunches because we didn't pay for them. Right. And that was, like, my only source of food and shit. Right. And then uh, I finally told a school faculty member. That... How does that go down? Was it someone you trusted that? Yeah. Yeah. Did they the, see it, it the, in you? It was the janitor. Really? I, I mean, told. did he see it in you somehow? Like yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. How do, like, how do you think? Well, like, I would talk to him once in a while when I saw him and stuff. And, like, we kind of built a camaraderie of sorts. Okay. And, like, he's like, you seem like a really smart kid. Why are you, you know, in these behavioral classes and stuff? And uh-huh. I was like, I don't really want to talk about it. And he's like, there's something going on at home. And I was like, yeah. 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 And, you know, I'd come, I came to school in a cast once. And he's like... 
how'd you break your arm? I was like, oh, I fell down the stairs. He's like, wow. And like, he kind of pried he it took out. an interest in Yeah, you it and... took him a few months to pry it out of me, and I eventually told him. And then, you know. How old were you when you told him? 14. And then he reported it. And then. How old was this guy? Like, or what, what, what was he like? Uh, fat hillbilly with no teeth. <laughs> I was kind of expecting to hear some stately old man who no, had some no, honor or whatever. No, but yeah. no honor. But still. He lived I'll... in a trailer on a hill. Enough uh, honor to report it. I'll give him that. Oh, the janitor? Yeah, the janitor. Oh, the janitor. I thought you were talking about stepdad. No. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't oh, no, want no, to no, envision no. that at all. No, no, yeah. that, that dude, fat hillbilly, no teeth. No, fuck him. Yeah. yeah. That guy sucks. No, the janitor. Uh, what was he like? Like I was asking the guy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, no, no. Sorry, my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, the janitor dude, uh, TJ was 50. Uh, used to work for GM back in the day. Then his mom got sick, so he moved back to West Virginia to take care of her. And that was like the best yeah. job he could get. Going from an assembly line worker to, you know. Are, like, like, are you still in touch with him? Have I have not him spoke to him since the police came and escorted me out of the school. So he reported it. He reported it. Part of this. Okay. Um, they, they came in the middle of the day. Like, I, I think I was in, like, fucking HOMAC. And they, like, you know, the principal came. was like, hey, we need you. Come get grab your stuff. I'm like, what the hell? What did I do? Like, I've been in class. I've not skipped school. Like, why am I in trouble? And, mm-hmm. like, like, half a dozen cops. And they were like, we're going to go get your stuff from your house. Your mom's in jail. So is your stepdad. Um, they took us to the house, um, got, you know, duffel bag full of clothes. They took us to a, a, uh, foster home, was there for a couple months. And then, uh, my sister got in trouble and, you know, for the sake of keeping us together, we got sent to a child shelter, which is for behavioral issued kids. And I bounced around between three, four child shelters, got back to another foster home while my dad's playing the whole fucking legal game, which is bullshit. What was he, you mean? He was trying to get custody back. Okay. He was doing the right thing, trying to get you guys back. Yeah. And, um, why was it difficult for him to get you back? I say, shouldn't it just be an open and close? You think you would just be like, because I had brought up what my stepmom had done. Okay. Uh, so they had to do home studies and right. evaluations. And Which you were right to do. Oh, yeah. You know, no question. It's just, like, just oh. the same situation, different house. Right. So, yeah. But I was tired of, you know, being this 15-year-old kid fighting these 17-year-old kids all the time because that's just, they, they were bad kids in these child shelters. It's not a foster home. It's a child shelter. It's like where they mm-hmm. send all the bad kids and stuff. Like juvie type of thing. Yeah. Not quite juvie, but it was total fucking lockdown. Like, I got, I was able to leave unescorted for one hour a week. What a hell. Like, what a fucking hell. And then my dad finally got custody of me. And I think until I was 16, I was grounded. I was just grounded. Like, I never left the house other than to go to school. Like, I wasn't allowed to have friends over. I wasn't allowed to have friends. I was, like, in my room. Nope. Was he being overprotective? He was being a strict disciplinarian. Okay. And was there like residual, 
Or was there like resentment or residual, like anything carried over from you telling on your, your stepmom? Mom? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. So do you see it more as him overcompensating for maybe him not paying attention or do you see it as I him think it being was, resentful? I think it was him being resentful because oh, no. he's still married to this bitch. Okay. That's, I was really hoping for a silver lining there. That's, that's really terrible. Um, um, so that's why you went to the military. Um, and, then, and then um, I was, I think I was 16, and he found an Easy Rider magazine in my room. Titties. <laughs> Who don't like no titties, right? <laughs> exactly. Everyone loves titties. You know, I'm a teenage boy with a fucking dirty mag, right? Right. right. He kicks me out of the fucking house because of it. Right. And this was, fuck, February. I ended up living in my neighbor's treehouse for like a month and a half until my grandmother could come and pick me up. I went down, went to Indiana, and I finished high school. I had an associate's degree in college before I got my high school diploma. Um, I turned 18. The day after my 18th birthday, I joined the military. Hmm. You know, my dad, when I was when I turned 16, I thought I was going to get a Nissan, like this red Nissan uh, Pathfinder. <laughs> and he ends up giving me a fucking Buick Cutlass Sierra. I'm just like, fuck you, dad. I drove a Buick Cutlass Supreme, my grandma's. That was Hell my first yeah. Car. You know what? That was my first car. I said it wrong, Sierra. It was a Supreme. Yeah, yeah. I had a yeah. green. Spoke wheels. Yeah. But yeah, the old man. So did, like I've been there. after that. I uh, I didn't talk to him again until I was like twenty four. And three tours of deployment, three tours under my belt, like nothing. Like But I mean you must so he had found speaking out speaking to someone with daddy issues in a sense, right? Like I, I do too. So was there something for you that you still want to fucking prove to him you're a yeah. certain kind of man, right? I don't know why. I, I, I me neither. really don't. Me fucking either. And it well, could be. And I love my dad. There's no issues, actually. <laughs> but. And it wasn't like a. Because so, like, I grew up without knowing my biological father. Is it something like where everything you did was like, I'm going to prove that I can do this without you and I don't need you type of thing? Yeah, pretty much. Um, he was forced recon Marine during Nam. So. Okay. Like, like a Ranger, but Marine Corps style, you know? And everything I've done, well, no, I, the reason I joined the Army was because of my biological grandfather. Mm. He died serving our country. He jumped on a grenade and saved his entire platoon. Wow. That's pretty badass. Yeah. yeah. He's the reason I joined the military. I never knew the guy. Right. Heard stories about the guy. And that's pretty badass. Right. My first unit, like my first place that I was stationed, was the same company, the same platoon that he died in. Huh. It took a little wiggle room to make that happen. Because when I showed up to Hawaii, they were like, oh, we're going to send you here. I was like, mm. And I went and talked to the sergeant major while I was still in, like, uh, replacement is what they call it. You show up to the island, and then they, like, get you briefed in, get you signed in, and then they disperse you to your units. I was supposed to go to one unit, and I was like, fuck that. If I'm Walking here, over. yeah. So I wandered over, used Sergeant Major's open door policy. I was like, Sergeant Major, you don't know me from Adam. I'm like, I'm a private, like lowest rank you can possibly be, talking to like the highest enlisted rank. Like, you don't know me. However, my grandfather served in Alpha Company. He, you know, died in Vietnam, jumping on a grenade. I feel it would be a huge honor, not only to him, but to the unit for me to be able to come in and 
go to that platoon. And yeah. he made it happen. That's great. Wow. Yeah. But no, like everything I've done, well, not everything I've done, but a lot of the stuff I did was to try and prove to him, like, I'm worth something. Yeah, I do the same thing. But I don't need his fucking affirmation. Yeah, he's yeah, a piece right. of shit. Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah, maybe that's why it's harder for me because my dad's not a piece of shit. <laughs> He's done very well. No, no, I just I relate to any of that stuff. Like it's a stupid driving. My dad has given me nothing but support and time and all that shit. But you still, you just believe. Like I don't know, I don't know. You just got got to charge ahead. Yeah. What? Um, when you came out as gay then to him, and he came back to you. So how did he respond? You wrote him a letter. Yeah. Did you hear the minister stuff? He wrote, I wrote him a letter, and my sister, who lived at the house at the time, was like, Dad got the letter, and he has not said anything to anybody at yeah. all. Like, he's just not spoken. Right. Like, dead silence. You signed yourself up for the worst thing, in a way, because you wrote him a letter, which just adds, like, drama for you. Because yeah. you have to wait. Yeah. At least if you tell someone to their but face. I, but I made it... Well, I'm not fucking driving all the way to go tell him I suck dick. Right. <laughs> well, I'll send <laughs> him this podcast. You put a little more delicately into it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like, I kept trying. Like, I, you know, I called him, like, three times one week. And I just could never muster the wherewithal to tell be him. be terrifying. Terrifying. Like, it was cool with my sisters, like, you know, whatever, you know. They're sisters. Yeah. Right. A gay brother? I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. Right. That's like, now they have that's a gay best coveted. friend. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. And, like, they'll send me pictures of the boy they're seeing, and it's like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like another sister at this point. Yeah. But dad's, t- yeah. Dad, like, especially a dude that was former Klansman, like, fuck darky, fuck kikes, <laughs> fuck faggots, <laughs> like... <laughs> oh, that's and I'm a gay Jew. <laughs> I mean, come on, like I am totally fucked here. Yeah, right. And but like t- trying to tell him, and uh, one of my like m- my pastor when I was living with my grandparents is now a gay. Uh, now came out as gay mm-hmm. as well, and is still a pastor and marries people down south. Like owns a wedding chapel, all that good stuff. And like my dad was talking to me, he's like, "Well, I." disapprove of your choice and i'm like dad have you seen some of the hot pieces of ass i've had over the years like do you really think if it was a choice i'd be sleeping with guys it's not really a choice yeah i you know and why would i choose to endure this with you right (laughs) right right. right. if it was a choice i'd probably be dating these you know models be with mrs noah yeah yeah well, <laughs> but no, I'd yeah. rather, you know, mm-hmm. I'd rather be easy and conform to societal norms and not have to deal with all the backlash and everything like that. But you know what? Right. It's not a choice. I am who I am and I I embrace it very much so. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. The first time we met, you were like, oh, I'll be in a leather zipper mask. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'll be in knee high leather boots, skinny jeans and an army T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Sure as shit. Showed up knee high leather boots. And skinny. I was not wearing my leather mask with the zipper mouth. <laughs> and I apologize. We're, we met at a, a leather bar. Yeah. 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 What, um, so kind of being like the bounce around foster homes and I'm guessing not making a lot of connections as a child. Were there a lot? Did you get a lot of? I'm guessing your sisters wrote you letters while you were in the military. Nope. Did you have, no, you no. But have... I completely cut ties after my dad kicked me out of house. Kicked me out of the house after he got custody of me for that fucking magazine. Completely cut ties with everybody. 
Right, wow. because it's just all associated with right. that yeah. thing, right? It yep. wasn't necessarily against your sister. It wasn't against them, right. but it was that house. I am done with that house and everything in it. Yeah. So so how did – so you got through that with him. It sounds like he – I mean, did he ever come around at all? Uh, he refers to my boyfriend as my friend. Mm. He got into a motorcycle accident last year. Um, really bad. It would have killed a lesser man. Um, your dad or your, your dad? Or my your dad. Your dad. Okay. Subdermal hematoma, a bunch of other shit, like laid his bike down, not wearing a helmet, like a dumbass. Right. Like very well could have died, but was walking around within 12 hours. Okay. But, you know, kind of freaked me out a little bit. And mm-hmm. we were on a not talking basis. And my sister got a hold of my other sister who got a hold of me because I like to ghost on people. Mm-hmm. Then it doesn't hurt when I uh, block all your numbers. Um, but yeah, so he and I ended up going out, and he was like, "You can stay at the house, but like, you'll have to be in the bedroom, and he'll have to be on the couch." I'm like, "Dude, I'm just I'm a grown ass man. I'm gonna get a fucking hotel room with my boyfriend. Like, yeah, I'm a grown ass man. I can I don't need to stay at the house. Like, I thought you were gonna say I'm a grown ass man. I'm gonna fucking right. Room. I was gonna say I'm gonna make yeah. a sex tape and that's right. What are you gonna do? Get out of bed with your <laughs> skip right. ass and right. stop me? But it's like I'm a grown ass man. I can get a hotel room. Sure, I'm not, I'm not destitute. Right, right. Oh. And then uh, they invited us out to dinner, and my dude wanted nothing to do with it because he knew about the stuff with my stepmom and right. everything. He's like, I don't even. I came out here for you. I Hard for him to, yeah. I came out here for you. The, you know, and he's like, I don't want to deal with that shit. I don't want to deal with your racist ass dad. Like, yeah. And my boyfriend not white, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not figured. Yeah. yeah. Uh but yeah, it's like so, and it's still weird for him. And that's where he's at now. Would you say like it's kind of a it, cold it, acceptance? It's n- cold acceptance, exactly. Yeah. I couldn't phrase it better. Okay. And I guess, well, I guess because since you're, you said a lot of your family is black or of some sort or like half black, whatever. Yeah. Did your boyfriend, when he learned that your dad was a Klansman, did that ever like change his perception of you? No, no. my dude's Asian. He's, oh, Asia. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty much white. <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, um, so how, how did you get to the, because, uh, you know, we talked outside of this and you had a suicide attempt at, at some point. I did. Uh, okay. This was back in 2012. So where does that put you in your service and all that kind of stuff? Is that while you Out of the military. Okay. You were out of the military. How did you come to that? Because, I mean, you've endured this uh, just this, again, incredibly dark shit. Like, how you, because you endured so much, how the fuck you, you know, you are, in my estimation, a very um, normal and together guy, right? And I know, I know. I, like, everyone's got shit and there's not. But, but you, you know, you've, you've done amazing stuff. And, and you've endured horrible stuff before that, why you would have done that earlier. Why at that point did you get to it and, I think and it what was, happened? I think it was because I did miss the military. As crazy as that sounds. It was like you lost. It, it was probably up until that point. Because I was still finding myself at the time I put the gun in my mouth. 
Like okay. I was still trying to find myself, you know, moved to a new state, a new city, was going to college. Um, you know, and finally coming to terms with like everything. Like I wasn't running away from it anymore. Like, you know, the military was me running away from my childhood. Yeah. You know, didn't think much of like childhood when I was in the military because I had a purpose. And then I got out and it was just me on my own. Like me against the world, you know. Right. And so trying to find my purpose. Yeah. Trying to find my purpose in life. Going to college. You know, knowing that I was gay, but still afraid to come out. Even, you know, twenty twelve. Like, just more reason for self loathing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, I'm in Minnesota, which is one of the more liberal, liberal leaning states. We're very we're actually kind of a conservative state. Like yes. the day after election day when it was still fucking yellow slash yellow slash. I'm like, what the fuck for Trump? Yellow. Oh yeah. 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 I, I'm from a red part of the state. Yeah. I but mean, like, I, but I like this state. I like it. Yeah. But like even being in a liberal state, like I would go to the gay bars in superior when I was going to college in Duluth and I would park four or five blocks away. So nobody saw my car. And yeah. go in the back entrance. But, like, I think it was coming to terms with everything that had happened up until the point. All the military stuff, I think it just kind of settled on me all at once. And I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't have an outlet. I didn't have a partner, a girlfriend, boyfriend, any real Were friends. Were you getting professional help at all? No, not at that point. Okay. Um, You know, I didn't have any real friends because this was a new city that I'd only lived in for, like, eight weeks at this point and you know here Had you i been suicidal before that at all in no. your life no no you know and here i am you know i was the old guy in class yeah you know i was the old guy in class everything everyone else was like 18 19 i'm not gonna get along with 18 19 year olds i like to drink and smoke weed and stuff you yeah know? but no it just got to a really low point and it was literally i went to class i went to work and i'd come home and i'd sleep and I don't know what it was, what triggered it, but one day I reached into my drawer and I grabbed my uh, forty-five, put it in my mouth, squeezed the trigger, nothing. Rechambered, squeezed the trigger again, nothing. I called a friend um, in Kansas, and he had me come out for a few weeks. Military buddy, like uh-huh. really close. And this was during the winter break, and I went out there for a couple weeks and kind of picked myself up with the bootstraps and went back at it. Did uh, when you so? And this is a Springfield all, Armory XD forty five. I was gonna say, you know how to load a gun. Oh yeah, right? yeah. And, yeah. You forgot to put bullets and this is Winchester Ranger ammo, like the best ammo on the market, or one of the best ammos on the market. So the first time that it misfires, and you hear that click. What's going through your mind? Are you like, do you do you that thing in the serious? movies where you are like exhausted? Like, you know, where you do the like, <sighs> or whatever, where you. No, I was pissed. Okay. I was like, you wanted, you know, this, you this shit's 50 bucks a box, you know, like this is yeah. supposed to be like never fail ammo. Oh, you're being tough. I want to know what, what the emotionally you had to, that must, to have the courage to, to kill yourself is actually just. I mean, unparalleled courage in, in, in a sense, or mental illness, whatever you want to say. That must have been fucking terrifying. 
I mean, did you start crying right after the first one didn't go? No. I was kind of disappointed. And then to do it a second time. Yeah. And that's what made me break down was the second time. Second time you broke down. Yeah, because this is a firearm that has very minimal fail rate. Right. With ammo that has a very minimal fail rate. So you know. you're breaking down because the gun didn't work? Or, like, <laughs> no. No, He's I don't so know. But like, like, it's a breakdown because yeah. you're, like, you're at that point in your life, right? But I, I think mean, at that point, like, I wouldn't be thinking, well, why isn't this gun working? Like, I don't know. Like, what's... He's not. He's No, no, no. This is, this, is, this is post... Oh, this okay. is hindsight. This oh, okay. is... Yeah. But it's like, what the fuck? Like, the first round, after the first round, right. I didn't fire. It's like, what the fuck? Rechamber around. Good. Good. Click. Did you put it in Nothing. your mouth? Yeah. I, That's an. Um, uh, I feel bad. I would have felt bad for the guy that had to clean that mess up. Twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> Do you know that? Do you it? hear that on our podcast? No. Oh, episode one. No, it's a uh, six thousand with a pistol. Twelve thousand with, with a shotgun. shotgun. Oh. So well, if you ever wouldn't, want to know, wouldn't have come out of my pocket. Listen, <laughs> listen to the very drunk episode one with Mike Lester and uh, crime scene cleanup person. Yeah, I'll have yeah. to check that one out. But Absolutely. no, like, no. And then the second round didn't go off, and I felt, I felt defeated to even have put a gun in my mouth. Right, you're such a fucking loser. And you then even... for it not to have, like done what I wanted it to, completely broke the fuck down. Yeah. Were you overcome and... with like relief? Not really. No? No. I'm like, I FaceTimed my buddy and like, I'm not really one to cry. I don't know how people do that. And like, I couldn't think of anything but to reach out to this guy. Why? Was he your closest friend? He was a really, what is. Or was he just the right friend? Okay. He's always been there no matter what. He was one of the first guys that I served in the military with that I came out to. You know, like he was, like we had a house, like he was married to a woman, mm-hmm. and we, we lived in a house off base, and I would bring guys over, and nothing ever said. Right. Yeah. And, like, not just that, but, like. Yeah. That like, speaks to everything else in your yeah, relationship. Yeah, but we had, yeah. Different, we had different jobs in the Army. You know, he was, he was communications. Like, he worked with satellites and shit. And, yeah. You know, and, like. You know, my housing unit was on one side of the base. His was on the far other. But when I wasn't on mission, I'd go hang out with him. And, yeah. You know? Yeah. A friend. Yeah. like That's a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, yeah. That, like a legit friend. That's good. Like, you don't have to explain that anymore. Yeah. That's, a, that's amazing. I mean, that's great. And are you, you know, of course, whenever you hear suicide stuff, you like, you worry now for the people, you know, like, you know, do, do you worry about yourself ever doing that again? A little bit, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's to have the, you know, I hate to say courage, but it, but just to hate yourself that bad or just whatever it is to be able to actually pull the trigger. It's, you know, when people say they have suicidal thoughts, I always go like, well, who the fuck doesn't have suicidal thoughts? Like, right, right. You know, think about it, want, like, but to, to actually you take know, to action. do it, it's scary. You know, you do have an ability and, and, um, you know, uh, I should whatever. 
I should write Springfield a strong letter about their firearms. You should get a free, bo- free box of shells yeah. at the very <laughs> least. That would be terrible. That's worse than like the casinos like sending gambling addicts free coupons what? to come stay at the right, suicide. Right. Yeah. Attempted suicide victims get or victims. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what um, suicide survivors right. get a yeah. free box of shells or bottle of pills? I said, I, I've, I've never um, killed myself because I just gave myself a warning shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shot one in the air. <laughs> And next time, this is for real. Um, well, I hope that you talk to people. Oh, I do. Do you? Yeah. Good. I'm I actually glad. have two counselors. So Two counselors? Yeah. I got a yeah. couple of shifts. <laughs> right? Do. Absolutely. And then uh, you know some of our mutual friends. Yes. I have close confidants. And- Good. I'm glad, man, because you're, you're – uh, we need more guys like you walking around the world. Less people like – there's other people, other guests we've had. I wish they'd kill themselves. But no, no, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm joking. Love I love all our, all our guests. guests. Well, I have a defective uh, Springfield XD45 and a box of Ranger ammo if they want to try. How about that? <laughs> what do you do with the uh, Do you still have the gun? What do you do with the gun? I sold it. I'll bet. Yeah. Gave it to your pastor. <laughs> no. I own, um, I own no firearms. Good. Good. Um, I don't know. Tevin is... Uh, we but, got the Facebook question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, um, let's do some. So... Do you have Justin asks? Do you have a best caliber or your favorite? Hold caliber? on. What's the name? We gotta say the name right. Never. Justin. Do you have Justin? Justin. What's his last name? Oh, Gangler. Yeah, I know see we were the saying, name, okay, man. Well, then see Justin the name. Gangler. Do you want to know where he's from? Like what is whatever where he else likes you can do. Let's give credit to our okay, listeners. Well, Justin here. Gangler. Uh, do you have a best caliber rifle and or and or a favorite caliber rifle? Fifty cal. Fifty cal. 50 cal. Really? My, my deuce, think... man. My deuce. The M2 50 a... cal fully automatic fully That's automatic like the least rifle. snipery weapon. Too, oh, but that. you know what? It, 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 it'll well, no, it'll you lay the most waste. Yeah. Like, that's my favorite weapon. Or the M107 50 caliber sniper rifle. Yeah. That Barrett makes. 50 cal. Have, right. have you I, ever actually decapitated someone with a shot? I have not. Okay. Um, mm. And then, so when you said you were on He was going to say something there. Oh. What were you getting to, or what? The exit what made wound was quite large, but there was still a little bit of frontal part. How big is the exit wound? Mm. Grapefruit. Out of the back of the head? Yeah. Holy shit. Jesus. So you got to, wow. So you got to go up and look at the body? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought the whole point of well, being a Well, not walking up to look to it, but when the, when the team comes in and gets the body and takes it back to the base. They, like, because people Muslim, told you? Yeah, Muslim. Well, no, I saw it when we got back to the base. Oh, okay. Yeah, you yeah, actually I, walked in. Yeah, it I was out. like, hey, what'd I do? It's like deer awesome. hunting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, no, like, and one thing, like, we love to do is because <laughs> in Muslim world, they have to bury their, their dead within 24 hours or some shit. Mm-hmm. So we would go get their bodies, bring them back to the base, and make their families come, and then we would interrogate the shit out of them before we would release the body to them. Wow, that's great. That's <laughs> fucking... Got to use their shit against them. Yeah. Well, I mean, you never... That never happened, and you saw it where you just went, this is so fucked up. Yeah, Oh, you it's did. fucking brutal, dude. It's beyond brutal. And I mean, I even get the necessity to some degree. It's war, though. War is hell. Right. As right? you're interrogating them, you like put a... Well put. You put a, <laughs> you put a clock up, like counting down so they know exactly... <laughs> no, not quite like 24, that. right? 23 and a half hours. Um, let's see. Um, the Craig Rudolph Jr. What's the longest shot that you took? Was it the face card? 
about 1,200 yards. 1,200 yards? Hold on. That's the longest that you connected on. Yes. What's the longest you took? <laughs> Did you take <laughs> one from? Uh, well, we practiced up to 1,800, so. 1,800 yards? How many? So feet, a mile is 5,200-some feet? Three feet and a yard. Um, so just under a mile, like yeah. three-quarters of a mile? Yeah. Wow. Wow. It target practice? And like, did you ever hit a bullseye from that distance? Oh, metal targets. So metal it's, targets. More of the plink, it's more of the plink it. than the actual, yeah. like, where you hit it at. But you at least hit but what it's you're a aiming ta- at. it's a target the size of a dinner plate. Did you ever use your sniper rifle just to let to be a peeping Tom? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thought I'd toss it out there. Um... Well, Nicole Olson had your question. If he's out in public, do you ever like, oh, that's a good spot to snipe? I think I down. stole it from Nicole Olson. <laughs> really. <laughs> Sorry, so. Nicole. Thank you for listening. Um, Chris Sealing asks, have you ever taken a souvenir off a target? Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I took an AK-47 bayonet. What? Yep. They have those? You yep. need a knife on the end of an automatic fucking <laughs> yeah. rifle? Yeah, you have them for the M4s, the M16s still. So uh, tell us about the circumstances. That's great. Uh, it was one of those. I was a light infantry guy. This was before any of my like badassery, as you mm-hmm. like to refer to it as. And um, I we killed these guys a few guys in this compound and sure. we were loading them up and I had never seen an AK-47 bayonet. So I pulled it off the guy and put it in my own kit. Okay. Okay. It wasn't some, so I wasn't it's sure. It's not like it I something. cut an ear off or anything. It was right. It wasn't personal. Where it's no, like, no. I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. Right. Right. Uh, and my, I did pocket hash in Afghanistan too. Awesome. Nice. Um, Joey, Piemonte, is that how you say his last name? I think so, or Piemonte. Piemonte, well, he knows who he is. Yep. Uh, what are your thoughts on Chris Kyle? No, not so many thoughts on Chris Kyle, but fuck Jesse. Okay. Oh, okay. Why? For some reason, I thought it was fuck Chris Kyle last time, too, but no. Well, fuck Chris Kyle, because he's a crazy batshit right-wing nut job. Okay. But also, fuck Jesse. Right. Suing a fucking widow. What a pussy. Message received. <laughs> um, um, Joey also asks, a position as a sniper is known for being worse on the psychological form of war because of, of sometimes seeing the target's face. Is that worse than, in your opinion, flying like a drone? I've never, you, I've never, never, flown never fucking a drone? flown a drone. I mean... If you had to guess, like, well, is it hold on. Like what unethical? is this question? So, so he's saying he's he's saying it's harder to be a sniper because you can see of their the psychological face aspect of it. Like, yeah, where you can see their face, whereas like a drone, you're essentially playing a video game. Well, what about the difference between the sniper and the you know the one where the guy startled you and you killed him up yeah. close? Which one is harder? Ah, uh, which one is harder? Yeah, is it harder as a sniper where you're probably watching as a sniper? Yeah, it is. Okay. I was it's sure. like, I get yeah. to choose this guy's yeah. last moment. Right. Pepsi guy. Pepsi Fairy guy. of death. Yeah. yeah. Fairy of death. I get to choose this guy's <laughs> last moment. Yes. I get to choose his last moment. Yeah, and you moment. picked one really funny, cool moment. <laughs> and then last one from our Facebook, also from Joey. Um, how difficult is it if you were trying to get a Barrett 50 cal here stateside? Would you be able to? I can walk into a gun store and buy one for about 12 grand. Oh, that's a terrible question, Joey. Come on, Joey. Joey do some fucking pick up research. your fucking right? game. 
Pick up a fucking iPhone and Google that shit. <laughs> dumb fuck question of the week. That is the dumb fuck question of the week. That's Google that. new segment. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Joey. Oh, he's a good one. Right. We love Joey. I'm sorry, well, Joey. No, that's great. Yeah. And I've been shot and blown up. You've been shot yeah. too? Yeah. Come on, dude. <laughs> when, when did you get shot? Uh, 06. How'd that happen? Uh, we were going after these guys in this house or in this compound and we were bounding and I took one to the leg. Bounding? Is that like a deer Running jumping away? through the woods? Uh, bounding is like these, you go and then your buddy goes like 15 feet ahead and then oh, you yes. go 15 yeah. feet past him and you know. Yep. What? Yeah. I took one to the leg. What? From what? what caliber yeah. rifle it was or gun? 7.62. From an AK. Do you know if the guy was cool or anything? Like, do you know anything about the guy who shot you? Uh, he's dead now. Yeah. Did you shoot and kill I him? I did. Or? Okay. What? You shot the guy who shot yeah. you? Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy's right. right. How'd that happen? Yeah. Uh, we made it, like, it took me off my feet. I didn't even realize I got shot. Okay. I just thought I fell. I didn't realize I got shot till about. Did it clack your ankles together when you're running? You know, like the DB <laughs> smack when you hit a wide receiver's ankle. Yeah, I just thought I like got hit with like a piece of uh, shrapnel from the wall, or you know, like a piece of something off the brick wall or whatever. And like, I didn't know I was shot until like after we were done. But no, we get into this house and we're clearing it, and like, there's the only Hodge in this motherfucker, and I shot the motherfucker. Okay, you got to tell the story better than that. So, <laughs> you so, so you shot, you fell it, down. I fell down because I thought I got hit with a piece of brick from the wall. Yep. Uh, and then, my, like, my were you squad guys running and, to the house. Yes. And did okay. You, and did you know what was in the house no. before going? We just know we were getting shot from the house. Okay. You could oh. okay. You couldn't identify where the shots were coming yeah. from necessarily. Okay. So we're bounding. Our whole squad's going in. Uh, we go into the house. My door, my breacher kicks the door in. We go in, room by room. Dude's on the second floor. Uh, I kick the door into the bedroom. There he is, and uh, to the chest. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> you know someone is in a room. You know he's barricaded in there with a gun. Mm-hmm. Are you outside the door? Like, I mean, really? It, like, it's to it's go in on training. That is it's training. Okay. Training. You go in fast. You go in hard. You go in smooth. It's all okay. training. Like we've trained in multiple scenarios, multiple houses, multiple setups, multiple layouts. There it was is no... all training. You kick the door, you go in, there he is, plop, plop. And was we... he surprised by you guys kicking the door in? No, he knew we were there. Right. So he was on the second floor. facing the door, like right. shot and shooting around. He just can't right. aim and hit your leg? I don't know. And when you say you fell down, now are you like laying on your back and like shot no. him from the ground? No, no, you... no, no. When he shot me, like this yeah. was before I even got into the house. No, that... Oh, this yeah, was yeah. before I even oh, got God. into the house. Oh, okay, okay. Like I got shot while we were going to the house. He kept oh, going. That's yeah. even more impressive. He yeah, I thought I just got hit with a piece of rock. Like it hurt, but it didn't. Wasn't like oh my God, I'm you know. Uh, I would have said mosquito bite. Right, right. I thought I got bit by a mosquito. Right? I've yeah. had pussies. Yeah. Slight cramp needed to drink some Gatorade. <laughs> but yeah, like, because there were shots fired, and I thought I just got hit with, like, a piece of something off the wall that I was next to, you know? Right. Nothing insane. So we're bound, and we get into the house, and we're clearing the house, and, like, he's was hiding. Was it just you and one guy who were No, no, the house? it was a whole squad, a whole like, squadron. eight guys. Okay. 
So we're going room to room to it, you know, two people to a room, clearing this house, and like he's hiding in a corner. I kick the door in, and there he is. And I was super pissed because I was, you know. Did you know that you were shot at that? No, point? I did not know I was shot at that time. But okay. my leg hurt really bad. And you knew you were under fire or yeah. whatever. Like and it he, was. Scary. You know, he'd been shooting at us for like five minutes, and it's right. like, you know what? Fuck you. How many people did you kill? Do you think? I, I cannot give you an estimate. Okay. What did we say though? I, the thought, first time? I thought it was like we said above 25, but less than 50. Yeah. Yeah. Directly and indirectly. Right. Right. Yeah. God. What was the most satisfying person you ever killed? The Pepsi kill. Pepsi kill? The Pepsi kill. <laughs> did you ever shoot, because of just the nature of war there and stuff, did you ever kill someone who's sort of younger than what you would have hoped? Like I shot a deer once that was way smaller than I. So they had this thing for a while where little kids like to drop grenades off of bridges. Okay. That was that was a real thing? That was a that legit was going thing, on? yeah. And you had to take one out? Yeah. Wow. I don't know if I actually killed them, but they dropped a grenade, and I had a Mark 19, which is a 40-millimeter grenade launcher, fully automatic. What? An automatic grenade launcher? Oh, yeah. They're pretty... I thought those were only in Call of Duty. No, no. That shit's legit, <laughs> dude. That shit's legit. Wow. So I don't know if I killed the kid or but not. But you know what? Are you still I don't fired know that I'd feel that yeah, conflicted I feel like, in no. a way. Yeah, like, I mean, really. I, no, I know it's that one of those, you, either you or me, but I'd rather kill a grown-ass man that knows yeah. what he's doing. No question. Than no. some kid being coached by his daddy. Yeah. Oh, God. That's so fucking brutal. That is so brutal because you know the kid is, oh, God. And that, yeah, that rivals, like, we talked to a special I can't get my son to guy. clean yeah, his room. Yeah, that, Jay talked. Yeah, dude. that yeah. cut off his, the terrorist cut off the son's ear and sent him in to take notes. And did you hear, was, did you hear my joke, though, saying I can't get my son to clean his room? Let alone drop a grenade on the most badass military <laughs> the world has ever seen. Will you go, son, will you go drop this grenade on those people? <laughs> yes, daddy. Well, I <laughs> dropped God. about 12 back, so. Wow. You dropped, what? 12 back, 12, okay. 12, I thought you just killed 12 kids. <laughs> no, no. I was going to say, holy shit. Wow. No, no, 12, yeah. grenades. Child murder. 12 grenades, man. We've got 12 a grenades. prolific child right. murderer here on the podcast. The title just changed, I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, so that was the episode. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. Really love that one. In fact, that's one of the things I wanted to do is have people like tell us their favorite episodes. We're trying to put our Patreon together and trying to get ideas of what people like best. Uh, you, you put up clips and shit like that. So um, anyone wants to send us those or post them on our social media, please do. Um, of course, sharing and all that stuff helps. And uh, we got tons of big stuff coming. We just got done at Swinger Sex Fest. So look for those episodes coming up. And uh, thank you to Sam and Tevin and Chris Maddock. And I hope you guys enjoyed the show. This is Gabe Noah signing off.